Nick, if you want, you can intro. You just have to get like the intro thing right. Do you want no, to you intro don't. it? You really don't. It has to come from the heart, Nick. No, that's okay. Give it a shot. That's... Give us your best shot. Yeah. Give us your give fourth us your time best the shot. I don't. I don't. Cold know open. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do it, baby. Do it. Give us your best shot. shot. I literally have nothing for this intro. This This is the, guys, this is the intro. We did it. We're already in it. No, no, no. You have to at least give it a try. And if, and if, and if Ben doesn't like the is. cold open, he just edits around it. Just, just yeah, fucking yeah. do Could, your intro. No, Nick, we're not going until you say it. So it's a the welcome hammer, to fourth time's the charm. The, the only hammer podcast has where every week is a brand new concept. Now just say that and feel it, all right? I'll count you down. Five, four, three, two, go. I already forgot it. We'll try anyway. Well, then try something. What was it? Oh, welcome you fourth times the charm yeah the only podcast where it's a different theme each week it's as nebulous as you make it out to be i like i like was at a certain level with my energy and then nick said that and my energy went from like an eight Uh uh-huh to like a two Just sapping, so, sapping the gusto out of you, well, Ben. What the fuck Are you, you an energy vampire, you, Nick? What do you want from me, bro? The white court. I, I, I'm what sorry. I want have from I you, been, Nick? Have I ever know, been a wait, super wait, high energy you person? You want to know what I want from you, Nick? Do you want to know? Give it to me. What I want is... Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, the only podcast where every week is a brand new concept. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt, and today we have our mediumly special guest, Nick. I'm just kidding. He's the specialist special guest, Nick, and today we're going to be talking music. Brap, brap, whatever. That was like a five out of ten. How's everybody doing? I I I liked Nick intros more. Yeah, well, I gotta say, though, after that intro, I, I don't know if you can tell, but I am energized and full of life. Thank you. That's That, that makes one of us. Yeah. I, I, I'm I've demoralized, okay, well, frankly. Well, you want to intro us, Matt? You want to fulfill this triumvirate here? Yeah, yeah this it. is Fourth Times the Charm. It's a good off. podcast. Um, oh, I'm Matt. This people. is Come Ben, on. and Nick's here, too. Yo, We're talking up? about music. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll t- <laughs> I can do the intro for the other show that we do within it, but we have to vamp for seven minutes before we get there. We don't need to vamp. Yeah, we in do. fact, I think we vamp. vamp for a bit too long each week. But you know what? Let's start with we our don't. guest, Nick. Nick, how's your week been? What have you been up to? What What's your life look like? Uh, what is in your shoes? Well, I was quite busy last week. Uh, I planned poorly and tried to do everything that i wanted to do and was very tired because of it but everything's going well so i can't really complain what were some of those things that you wanted uh, to do <laughs> 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 i mean as as nice as it is to know that you did a lot of things nick uh-huh we'd like to hear what some of those things oh. were Oh, okay. Well, and maybe and maybe a quip or two this about them. This is an them. audio medium with people yeah. who don't know mm-hmm. you. We can't put up flashbacks oh. of you sitting alone in the basement. Gotcha. See, I just assumed everybody listening knew everything about all of us, but okay. That that no, that right. makes not sense. not about you. <laughs> they know uh, about they know about Ben, myself, and they also know about Hal Masonberg. Bro, oh. Hal Masonberg 
Remember, release the plague. Writer, director's cut. Contact Sony Screen Gems. We're going to keep mentioning it until one of us, until one of you sends us a screenshot of a letter that you have written to Sony Screen Gems about and his movie. And then we're just going to double down because then yeah. we'll have momentum. And we can't stop and we won't stop. Release so the Nick, plague. So Nick, tell us about your week. Yeah, so... Yeah, tell me tell me the things in your busy. week. <laughs> it was mostly busy because of school uh, last week and my poor planning the week prior. So I had to write like three papers in four days. And that was in conjunction of also wanting to, you know, go to jujitsu class every night as well. Also catching up with a couple of friends from WoW that I haven't seen in a long time. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow's so. a... And that and like in a lot of that time spent is also spent, you know, commuting uh, downtown. So it's a lot of wasted time, frankly, which I'm never I'm never a fan of. But yeah, I spread myself thin and was very tired. But I got to catch up with some old friends and do a lot of jujitsu, so I can't really complain. I hope they don't die anytime soon, Nick, if they're such old friends. Matt, how was your week? <laughs> Uh, my week was pretty good. I'm going to hit you with, uh, before we get into the mu- albums we're going to talk about Ow! this week. I'm sorry. Did I hit you too hard? Yeah. Well, deal with it. Uh, I'm going to talk about some, some music this week because I found something kind of cool that is not relevant at all to what we're going to talk about later. Uh, I found a very fun genre of cyber grind that is mixed with like late to mid 2000s and 2010s metalcore. Um, and it's just a wonderful time for someone who's been diving more into the uh, techno or cyber side of black metal and other extreme metal. Uh, bands like Miyaku, uh, Put Your Name Here, Thought Crime, uh, I Shot the Duck Hunt Dog, and uh, any of the bands that were on the uh, Big Money Cyber Grind release, which was a huge compilation of like 41 groups that all do this kind of fun cyber grind style um it's a great time i recommend everyone check it out also the new mismure album came out and it is one of the best albums i've ever heard and i love it and it's very laid back and very stripped back so it's not a very overwhelming experience but it's very tactile nick you also dove a little bit into some of this uh Metalcore Cybergrind, can you can you back me up on it's not being utter garbage? Uh, I can attest to the fact that you told me it's not utter garbage. You were in the car. You even said, mm, I like this. Well, it clearly didn't last a, uh, or put a lasting impression on me, so. Wow. If that's wow. a review, then you know. <laughs> I'm going to make you listen to one of these tracks live on air. Not right now, but eventually. Yeah, we can do it later. Uh, Vehemence also put out a new single and is going to be putting out a new album Arguably the greatest uh, medieval black metal band out there, especially medieval French black metal. Uh, the new single fucking rules, and it looks like the rest of the album is going to be really good. So check that out on Bandcamp, because I have no idea where else it would be. Woo! Uh, woo! Yeah. Uh, and that's that's been it. I haven't seen any tremendous films outside of the ones we watched together, and uh, I'm just ready to go. This week had a lot of people in it. Ben, yeah, I had a quiet tell week. Oh. I'm, I'm getting ready to go to the WWE Royal Rumble in St. Louis, which will be probably, when you listen to this, it will have happened the week prior. And next yes. week I will have 
a full rundown over my right. experience. Wait, so, so Ben, so so call it now. Wet your Who, whistle. Who's winning both rumbles? Doesn't matter. It doesn't at all because WWE's garbage. But like, come on, who's winning both rumbles? <sighs> I know you have an answer. Yo, I got picks. I'll buy you some time, Ben. I'll buy you some time. So, so, all right. Well, 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 let's let's go over our picks here. One men's and one women's. Um, and And let's try and have some fun with it, right? So, for the men's rumble, we're looking ahead. I think we're going to have Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for one title. And then the other title match, I think, is going to be Seth Rollins Mm -hmm. versus somebody. Now, looking at... The men's roster, there are not a lot of options for this um, at all. If I had to gun to my head pick someone, I would say Big E wins the Rumble. But considering he just lost to Seth Rollins like two weeks ago on Raw pretty Mm -hmm. clean, I don't know if that's realistic. My outside shot, if that's not going to happen, let's say uh, John Cena. (laughs) Wow. Yo, I, I'm down for that. I'm here for that. Yeah. yeah uh, you know women's I, rumble, I want that to happen. W- w- women's Rumble, I think it's going to be either Bianca Belair mm-hmm. or Alexa Bliss. Those are good picks. Oh. I like those yeah. picks. Huh. Or, or, or if we want to get crazy, I don't know, if, if we're thinking, like, what's the worst part-time wrestler they could bring back to possibly win a Rumble? I'd say Mickey Ronda James. Rousey. So what about Ronda oh. Rousey? You know, that's actually like a real pick. I want I want them to get Paige Van Zam and have her portray AEW and come in and win the Rumble. That's, that sounds that's my, like that's something my pick incredibly th- petty WWE would do. Right? Right? Like you oh, you got an MMA person? We've had an MMA person. We're gonna take the MMA person you have. And that can't get anyone on your roster. The my my men's pick would be Daniel Bryan returning and winning the Rumble, who's um, currently under contract to AEW. Precisely. Amazing. Uh, okay. Uh, my other pick. It's somehow more realistic than the year that Roman won the Rumble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my other pick is Roman Reigns. Um, he, I, don't I legitimately can see them. I don't think he's. In, I don't know. I don't no, believe he's, he's in not it. But I think he's currently in it. But he's he gonna lose his title, it. put himself in, and then win. That that would be a very WWE well, thing to do. And they've done here, almost that exact thing before. And yeah, it's gonna be a complete and utter rehash of every Roman story leading into a Brock WrestleMania main event. He's gonna put himself in the Rumble. He's gonna win. Everyone's gonna go oh, and then the rest of the show is gonna keep going. All right, Nick. And that's and that's only if, if they don't open with the men's rumble. All right. So for the men's rumble, easy. Braun Breaker. Why? Because they want to shit all over Triple H's NXT as much as possible. Breaking the X wasn't enough. How else to assert dominance and put the current NXT champion in the rumble and have him win it? I mean, that's it's equally a, as petty okay. as bringing back D. Bryan. <clears throat> exactly and on the theme of thinking about like w- w- wouldn't he be bridey now no no he'd come back as daniel bryan because they're or, different or, people or b dan the brand the brand yeah b dan badonkadonk all right uh women's rumble okay so you got to stick with the theme of what 
would WWE do? And what has WWE always done? Make Charlotte look strong. Charlotte's the current champion. Charlotte's also in the Rumble. Charlotte's winning the Rumble. Charlotte never wins nearly as much as people pretend she does. I think it's because she's so annoying when she does. The, the issue is that Charlotte always wins when she shouldn't. But, like, and when they were first putting Becky Lynch over, Charlotte was, like, one in eight on pay-per-view. Okay, because so... Because Becky Lynch just beat her every single month. I agree with what you're saying, right? But that only reinforces my point. Who sh- who's the last person that should win the Rumble right now? The current champion. Who is Liv Charlotte. Morgan? Yeah, Liv what? Morgan. What? What? I hate Mickey Liv James. What? No, I don't hate no, Liv no. Morgan. I don't hate Liv Morgan. She seems like a very nice person. Yeah. But boy, does is Liv Morgan like like a Leah tear of interest <laughs> from me? Well, I like Liv Morgan. Well, you know, great. Well, you know, you know it's what? It's all right to have your weird fetishes. Oh, what? Well, there's no other reason why you could possibly like her, considering she's not good in the ring or on the microphone. Whoa, hey, calm her down, gear Tony looks Khan. stupid because calm she has... down, Tony. Her gear looks stupid because it's like her nipples are crying. I don't know if, like, that's a thing you like. I... She I, has literally I, never once impressed me in the ring. Not once. What? Wow. And I watch fucking MLW Weekly. It's true, he does. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize this was such a trigger point for you, Ben. Goddamn. Ben's upset now. Yeah. Shit. Ben, needs to, ben. ben needs to go sit in his corner and have his tacos. Oh, I'm upset, all right. I'm upset that we haven't started going as above, so below. If that wasn't so bad, I would redo it, but I'm going to let that one exist for everyone else to enjoy. Yeah, that one genuinely that was- upset me. Yeah, that one, that one, that one hit hard. All right, and on this extremely weird tone we've set for this <laughs> week, Matt, take us away. Welcome everybody to As Above, So Below, the podcast where we take one of the top charting, most popular albums and review it next to an album from the metal or general underground. This week we have two fantastically anticipated albums. One from a brand new artist from Iceland and one from one of the most popular artists in pop music right now. We have two albums. We have Power Paladins with The Magic of Windfire Steel. And if you couldn't guess, that is our underground album. And we also have Dawn FM by The Weeknd. The Weeknd is coming off one of his most popular albums to date and one of the largest charting albums. He's been skyrocketing into the stratosphere and everyone's been loving him. Where Power Paladin are a band from Iceland that probably a decent amount of people know about now. And by a decent amount, I mean about 500. Now, Nick... Are, are they from Iceland? Because I found a band camp of theirs and it said they were from America. Yeah, no, they're from they're from Reykjavik. Okay. They're, it's like That's like their thing. Have you seen a picture of them? They look Icelandic. Yeah, they are. No. They are. They are a handful of Icelandic no, I, boys. I, I just, I've never seen them. I just listened to the music. Well, well. Okay, let's start out. Which are we talking about first? Are we going to talk Power Paladin or The Weekend? Well, I to, the the interesting thing to me about these albums is I like them for both of them for the exact same reason, uh, and I get a very despite getting a different style of music out of them, I get pretty much the same sensation. 
And I know Nick has that vibe with one of these albums, and that's Power Paladin. So let's start below and then show everyone what's above. So Nick, can can you can you intro everybody a little bit about Power Paladin and what kind of music they play? Power Paladin, as Matt said earlier, <clears throat> is an Icelandic power metal group. This is their first release, while all of them have been in previous bands, uh, most of the band members actually with each other. This is the first release that they uh, actually have been signed for. Mm -hmm. um, hence, this is their first global release as well, thanks to Atomic Fire Records. And Atomic Fire Records, as a matter of fact, is also a new uh, recording company, and this is their first signing and release as well. So, a lot of big steps for a lot of people with this album. Musically, this is some straight power metal uh, of the European variety, and these guys are 100% students of the power metal genre. These guys love power metal, and they wear their influences on their sleeves. Everything from Hammerfall to Rhapsody, and then you get bits of some more modern bands like Glory Hammer and Twilight Force, but you also get a little bit of like Dragon Force, Halloween, and Avantasia sprinkled in there as well. Uh, they also have a lot of nods and outright references uh, to a lot of nerd culture, just like the first song on the album. And in the second song of the album, there's a nice little uh, melody tucked away that we're all very familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, but besides that, these guys are super talented. Um, the only power metal band out of Iceland right now that's active. I'm, yep. I'm sorry if there's like a small power metal band that like three people yeah, you're, to you're local too bar. underground for our show yeah my bad <laughs> um their black metal scene's incredible but this is the only yeah. power metal band that i know about of iceland and, and i and, and, oh i'm sorry but i uh, love this album in case that is not clear already and i can't wait to talk about it more yeah nick nick has a a raging power metal hard on for this album and with a name like power paladin how can you not now Ben listens to some power metal, but as we've seen, anything Nick likes, Ben has a really good chance of fucking hating. Even if he likes it and then finds out that Nick liked it more than everyone else, there's a chance Ben will then hate it. Now, that's not necessarily true. Mm, I don't know about now, that. So, that's, so, that's pretty true. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm spitting straight Narco facts here. Narco is number three, okay? Nick's beat it. Officially. Wow, this is a revelation for the ages. <laughs> How dare you? No, that, I no, have lost so much faith in you. No, I mean I mean that's that's how I ranked it, you know, Nick's bloviating did not change my ranking. So I'm just saying that Nick does not influence whether or not I like something. He just tends to like things that you really dislike or find boring. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So Ben I personally could not describe this album as boring at all. I'm very, very curious where, where you fall on this. <laughs> the stark oh, no. silence. The stark <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> pregnant silence. Um, I was I was really sad we didn't invite Kyle on this podcast because I knew he would shit all over the weekend's album. And then, and then I remembered Ben's on this podcast, and he's talking about a power metal album. Like I feel bad, because uh, uh. I listened to the first song. Oh. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty all right. And and you know, people talk about like stop, drop, and roll. This album for me sort of stop, sort of 
stopped, dropped, and laid there. What? I how? It, what? For the and first time, I'm perplexed. I know, but I listened to it, and this album pretty thoroughly bored me. Um. Yeah, I ranked pretty much every song about the same. Certain and, songs and had low flourishes I liked more than others, but but you 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 also really liked it when we played when you just listened to Rhapsody of Fire, right? Yeah, I really liked Rhapsody listening why, to that. But why why do you like about that that this album doesn't do? Because this album is in love with Rhapsody, like to like almost an obnoxious extent. I feel like if I listened to one song from this band, I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. But listening to every song in the album, which is actually the opposite of how I felt about the Weekends album, All right, well, we'll I feel get to like it. I feel like this one was very each song felt samey. There were I was listening to it and I couldn't tell when like songs ended and when they started back up because they felt exactly the same uh i did not like the lyrics in the songs the my favorite song was the last one creatures of the night because it was something that actually felt like it was doing something more different um and also i just generally don't like power metal vocals which is that that's just a personal preference but I just hate the it's so high pitched and nasally and I just personally don't like it. So, you know, I didn't think it was a bad album, but it did not capture me in the slightest, except the last song that I thought was pretty good. So I gave it like a three and a quarter ish out of five. I feel like that you're giving it that quarter out of not wanting to be mean. No, because I feel like the quality of the music's better than how much I enjoyed it. I thought it was like a 3.75 out of 5 quality, but I enjoyed it like a 2.5. Wow. Uh, I, well, I, uh, let's, let's, I'm, let's I'm breathe some positivity back into this podcast. Yeah, I'm sure and, they're and, good. Like, I, like I, didn't, I didn't hate listening to them. Just bro, not my I, thing. You were talking I'll, about me killing your mood earlier. Holy shit! Yeah, you what just took hell, a shit bro? in his cereal. Oh my you, god! That's like putting viral as the last album on your <laughs> album of the year list. <laughs> and the mid-year roundup. And the mid-year roundup, two for two. This okay before before Nick goes crazy and uh, <laughs> and I, I agree with him on pretty much everything he's about to say, but. I love this brand of power metal. I'm very picky with my power metal, as Nick knows is a huge fan of the genre. I like cheese. I like performance. I like epicness, and I like soaring, consistently high-pitched, intense fucking vocals. And this album does that from front to back. Um, what this album does, and what the weekend, uh, and what the weekend does, in a very incredible kind of double uh, double entendre for the week is it lives in a world of nostalgia without being a performance of nostalgia. It, it loves and directly references so many incredible things, so many sounds, so many cadences, lyrical types, but it does it in their own way and through a, di- a set of dynamic sound songwriting that is fantastic. Because as a fan, that's, 
Also um, probably part of it, because I didn't pick up on any of that. Yeah, I mean, fr- frankly, I get that. I get that, because this album was... Part of the reason I love this album so much is because, like, three songs sound exactly like my favorite power metal band, which is um, Rhapsody of Fire. And they sound like one of my, my second two favorite power metal bands, which is Twilight Force and Glory Hammer. Um, guys who are dedicated to full force cheese. Um, also, the first song is a Spider-Man, re- is it, well, Marvel Comics reference, which is fucking awesome. Number Song four, Dark Crystal, is a Jim Henson reference. Uh, Ride the Distant Storm is basically their cover of Holy Thunder Force by Rhapsody. Um, Creatures of the Night is awesome with that sweet uh, kind of remix intro. And There Can Only Be One is a epically fantastic song. But Nick and I have talked quite a bit about this. There are some deep references um, through every single track. Right, Nick? Oh, yeah. Every single track either has a reference to some other media, like Matt was saying, like like Marvel, for example, the first song, or it's just a straight-up reference to another power metal band. And Mm -hmm. that's what, honestly, that's what sold me on these guys. Like, like the first time I listened to it, I didn't pick up on everything. Like, I I noticed a couple things here and there, but I'm like, oh, this is good power metal. But as I listened to it more and more, and I started noticing all these references and similarities to a lot of other songs in the genre, that's when I just completely fell in love with this album. Uh, I kind of rattled off a whole bunch of bands in the beginning that are clear influences, but I'm, I'm going to do it again. You know, you got yeah. your Hammerfall, you got your Freedom Call, you got your Rhapsody, uh, and Halloween. Well, as, let's go. Let's go track by track. Hit hit me you with. You don't have track? to go sure. into the, the details of the references, but like, let so some of our, our fans out there, if you go and listen to this Power Paladin album and you don't listen to a lot of power metal. Um, each of the influences Nick's going to name here, if you like that song, you will love the references because the bands that they are uh, like giving deep and passionate reverence are worth your time. So, Ben, it's a, yeah, shut sh- up, Ben. Ben, sh- shut the fuck up and sit down. All right. So, I am over- sitting. <laughs> the overarching. Should- go uh- lay down. <laughs> So the overarching influences across literally every song on the album is Hammerfall and Rhapsody. So if you like either, so if you like this album at all, one of, if not both of those bands will definitely be for you. Uh, beyond that, Craven the Hunter, very, very Hammerfall song, just the structure mm-hmm. of it and everything, the guitar tones. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a Hammerfall song if I've ever heard one. Even even the lyrics, Woho, feel the roaring fire, Woho, burning through the night, Woho, Craven, he's a fighter, Woho, we live on, sound like Hammerfall lyrics. Yeah, and to that point, Hammerfall's thing, and you're going to see this in a couple of the, these guys' songs as well, but their thing is their chorus, super catchy, high energy, unforgettable. Rest of the song, eh... I don't remember a whole lot there. of it, <laughs> and and that's and that's peak Hammerfall. That's Hammerfall for you. Um, yeah. But the uh, the next song, Righteous Fury, the intro is straight off of an Elven King album. Uh, it has that folk sound to it, and then right into the uh, high tempo guitar riff. Which I liked Righteous Fury. Righteous Fury oh, was yeah. one of my favorite songs on the album. Very drum fucky. Yeah. The uh, the yeah. the song is an absolute banger. And then <clears throat> right after that intro, it bleeds right into a guitar solo that I swear to God was lifted right off of a Dragon Force album, like verbatim. It is, it, it, yeah, if you played I, that clip, if you played that clip for me, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's Dragon Force, 
There was a there was a few times where I was listening to this album today, and I would just instantly play the song that it reminded me of, and I was like, "Oh, wait, 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 wait! Am I listening to the right song?" And I have to go and check. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 with a lot of these songs on here. Um, mm-hmm. Like the next song, "Evermore," is an excellent example of this. It's a rhapsody song through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a hundred percent a rap. It's like a it's like a two thousand or like ninety nine rhapsody song. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it would slot perfectly into any of their albums. Uh, the following mm-hmm. song, Dark Crystal. Uh, this song has more contemporary influences, particularly mm-hmm. Glory Hammer. The cadence at which the cleans then starkly transition into the growls is very, very similar to the way that they did it on uh, their most recent album. Uh, their third album, I, the name of it escapes me, Terror Vortex, that one. Um, yeah. It's clearly inspired from there. The, the, the song after that is another just freaking Hammerfall song, and this is actually the perfect song that exemplifies the whole overarching theme of, like, really catchy riffs, but the rest of the song's kind of forgettable. This is a Hammerfall song, better than mm-hmm. one. Okay, so I must just really hate all their Hammerfall influences. Yep. Because the songs yeah. where you're like, hey, this is a lot like Hammerfall, I'm like, these are the songs that killed the album for me. <laughs> and, and, and for me, like, I don't I don't love Hammerfall either, Ben, but I love Rhapsody so much, I was super into everything else they were like, doing. When we got to Way of Kings, which is the song after Dark Crystal, I literally wrote down... We are describing what we're doing. Just like the lyrics drove me up a fucking wall in this album. What you? you, Every song is. We are defending the light. We hold the keys within our sight. The guardians stand with holy right, and for the mists begin to fade. Unholy forces from the shade. They will be vanquished by our blades. We ride the skies of horses white. We hold the keys. We light the night. Heroic power, shining glory. It, what's, it sounds what's like a, they use we it sounds like times. a song that would be in like. No, that's gonna sound bad. Never mind. Say it. Say it, Say you it. four. Don't be afraid. It, it sounds like the lyrics for a song that would be in Phineas and Ferb, <laughs> like the Disney show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're like, I, I watch that show, and it's like, oh my god, guys, we have to write 26 fucking songs in the next three months. And so the songs are literally just describing what the characters are doing on screen. We are saying the name of the song, because this is the only thing we know that's going to happen. It's like, oh my god, we have found a dark crystal, it's right here, I'm going to put it in my pocket and then drink see, a beer. See, I this like This is why that. you don't read books. But but see, I, it feels so... But, but the thing with so Power Metal... derivative, like, what's, but the, like, what's the, week, the But on the weekend album, he's literally just telling you what he feels. He's just like, he's like, I feel sad, I want a girl to love me, why don't you love me, what did I do? This is no, what I want see, you I, to do. I think when that's I'm reductive. Dead. I think that comes from a deeper place. I this feel is a deep the, place. The, a deep place of the, glory. Hell yeah. The, the Weekends album, I gave like a four and a half out of five. I loved that album. Yeah. Well, we'll, well, we'll get to that. The, All right. This All right. one. Yeah, go, get and, back, go back and, to your corner. Go back to your corner, the, Ben. Shoot. Be gone, Hawk. Get out of here. Freaking. Ugh. 
Where was I? Before I got really Talking about how shit this album was. I mean, uh... Jesus. Anyway, I think the next song up is uh, Ride the Distant Storm. Yes. And the chorus of this song is straight off of Glory Hammer's Unicorn Invasion of Dundee. Their chorus and this and this chorus are they're they're the same i mean before we recorded today i was literally singing the glory hammer lyrics over this guy's songs and it lined up perfectly this is a direct glory hammer reference and it's beautiful all right and then and then we have creatures of the night yep uh this song uh the intro is fantastic it's a straight up rhapsody uh twilight force intro where it's just some like old man telling you about this ancient world and these epic battles and all the shit you're about to do uh, yeah i really like this song it's like all michael jackson reference oh which oh, goes across sense. which goes across to the other album and we'll get there soon yeah absolutely and then the main riff for this song is just another just straight hammerfall riff mm-hmm. it's you know it's like i said these guys bleed hammerfall um the yep. next song is a little unique in that it's very similar to one of their modern contemporaries, uh, specifically Twilight Force. This song could really be a Twilight Force song. Uh, it's actually yeah. very reminiscent of their song uh, Twilight Horizons and Into oh, the Enchanted song is Forest. This? Uh, Into the Forbidden Forest. There we go. And there's, um, there, I believe there is a Rhapsody song called Into the Enchanted Forest. Yes, there's also a Twilight Force song very similarly titled as well. Yeah, and, and that, that Twilight Force song is a direct reference to Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, you could just draw a straight line between all of these bands, and it just makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. And then the last song on the album, there can be only one. Oh my god, I love this song. Oh, I love yeah. this song so much. It starts off as like a fairly normal power metal song, but then it takes a hard right into my favorite kind of power metal where it's just the lead singer wailing, not saying anything, just yelling, and super high-pitched guitar riffs going on in the background with blasting drums. And that's basically yeah. the song, and it's fucking perfect. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Um, and so, Nick, what would you give this album out of five? Ugh, well, my heart is five out of five. But there are a couple of things that could be improved on the album, specifically the forgettable nature of a lot of the in-between on a couple of their songs. Like I said earlier, Way of the Kings is an excellent example of this. Their chorus chorus is top shelf. The rest of the song, I couldn't tell you what's in it. And so because of that, I'm going to give it a solid 4.75. It is amazing. It is incredible, but it is not perfect. Yeah, I gave this, for me, I, I pretty much agree with exactly what you said. I rank it a little lower, um, and I think that for similar to Ben, but with less severity, I'm not a, the hugest fan of Hammerfall. Um, but this album comes in at a 4 out of 5. This is the most recent power metal album I've really liked. And I think the last band to release a power metal album that I liked, and I mean album, not just song, um, was Twilight Force. Um, so it was very, it was very, very nice to get an, a band making the sound of music again yeah it's, and doing it's it awesome. so t- talentedly yeah it's so refreshing too i haven't been this yeah. excited over a power metal album since 2019 where glory hammer mm-hmm. and twilight force both released albums in the same year yeah that was that was ridiculous 
Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm I and I have the same level of excitement for this album that I do for the release of both of those albums. And so if yeah. if that's not a sell for this album, then you know <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And and with 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 those closing words, we move Three on. Three and a quarter. You already said it earlier. Yeah, your hatred, yeah, your hatred saturates. I want to hate it. I want to hate it. You're just sta- you're disgust for this album. No, it's no. We, it's you, just we not can my talk thing. about where they dropped the ball, Ben. Um, now we can we can move on to an album that is as equally as nostalgic as to me wonderfully produced, but in a completely different direction and a transcendent mood. Uh, one reviewer on YouTube put it wonderfully where he said, when, sometimes when you listen to a song from the weekend, you feel like you're being abducted by an alien exclusively by sound. But Dawn FM, the entire album abducts you. Um, yep. This yeah, is the fifth fair. studio album by uh, Canadian singer-songwriter of the weekend. Um, his last album, as I mentioned earlier, was a huge hit. Um, and before we dive into some of the nitty-gritty, this album contains... Um, features narration by Jim Carrey of all people. Um, a oh, fantastic that's Jim Carrey. Yes, that's Jim wild. Carrey. A wonderful feature by Tyler the Creator, and an embarrassing feature from Little Wayne, um, and a bunch of other wonderful guests. Um, and one thing before we really dive into this album that I found truly fascinating when uh, when looking it up was that one of the producers. Um, and contributors to the album who was on, I think, six of the songs or produced six of the songs is a man named uh, One Tricks Point Never and or Daniel Loptain is his real name. But he is one of the pioneers and inventors of Vaporwave. Uh, and he's oh, I one was of the, wondering he, about that. Yep. Uh, when I, I heard it, and I was like, there's no way this is the weekend doing all these beats like this is somebody, especially on the first you know, first half of the album that has that really driving synthwave vibe. Um, and I, I looked into it and this man, uh, Daniel Lopton or one O tricks point Nero or OPN, um, is an incredible producer and composer and one of the leading pioneers of the synthwave movement. Um, and he also, he also worked on three songs on the last weekend, um, album which I've only listened to songs from, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. Um, yeah, but this is 80s synth pop done right. Um, it's where... It's like 80s synth pop rap with inspiration from a Christmas carol, almost. Yeah, I, I there's... Say, I would say it's closer to, like, if Pink Floyd did synth pop. Yeah, it was, it, I was going to say where the last album was Rhapsody, Hammerfall, Elvin King... This album is Daft Punk, uh, Michael Jackson, and Pink Floyd. Um, just kind of like beautifully melded with this modern production sensibility and singing style. And t- I don't know how you can dislike the vocals from Power of Aladdin and like the soft-spoken, high-pitched, nasally tone of, of fucking The Weeknd. <laughs> he has a beautiful voice. I think they both have fantastic... So, I love so The Weeknd singing so voice. Actually, but it's up here, and we're up here the whole So time. That, that's actually a thing, is that, like, most of the time, I do find that singing level really nasally and annoying, but his voice is just so beautiful that, it's like, soft. it powers it's like, through. He like, sings like with his velvet. Voice, 
Like, his voice is how I feel like anyone else who sings at that register is trying to sound like. It's, like, perfect. It's like Brandon Yuri, Brandon Yuri can can do it. And he. it's the same thing where it sounds like you're, like, 90% of people are fucking up exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah. Like, so I ben, don't like you other clearly love people doing it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this for me, I rank almost as highly as Nick rated the last album. I thought this was a tour de force. I, I feel like just by listening it through like one in a bit times, I honestly feel underprepared because it seems like there's so much depth to this and a lot of layers <laughs> that like I haven't even approached yet. Yeah. But there was no chance I was going to listen to the last album a second time. So I tried <laughs> to keep it, you know, um, not because it's bad, because it's not my thing. No, because uh, I try to keep sucks. it, you know, balanced. But man, from the beginning onwards, it just, everything feels like it has a purpose. Uh, except for, uh, I heard you're married towards the end, which sort of seemed like a filler track. Oh my God. Okay, okay hold on. Oh, I just, yeah. okay. just real quick, I'm glad we're on. While we're on I hear, Heard You Married, I just wanted to hit you guys with some some Matthew-delivered Little Wayne vocals. Because these lyrics are some of the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. And I... Hit I, me. Alright. Can't be your side, bitch. That ain't fly, bitch. Can't be your pilot. Can't be your private. Make me your obvious. If I ain't your husband, I can't be your hybrid. I heard you're married... I bet he treat you like Virgin Mary. You like it dirty. I'm dirty Harry. I thought we were some lovebirds. Canaries. Word to Larry. But I can't <laughs> fuck with you. <laughs> you put my love on the line and then hang up on you. That's a long kiss goodbye. I gotta tongue kiss you. And when doves cry, we ain't got enough tissue. I'm still in love with you. Where the love at? You walk down the aisle, I can make you run back. Than some of the ones (laughs) like fuck that. Where the love at? And tell hubby I'll kill him. No hubcap. No hubcap. (laughs) He's just saying random things. What are you talking about, Ben? I'd rather a man describe to me his journey than Little Wayne (laughs) spit some of the worst bars of his life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. Like he had a stroke. With how good and and wonderful some of the lyrics and vocals are on this album, that what the fuck is happening? I, I swear yeah, they like recorded this, that because they made a deal and they're like, All right, I guess we have 100%. to put this on the album. Yeah, it because it also feels like the whole album's telling a story, and then they're like, we don't know where to put this because yep. it doesn't fit anywhere. And they had I to put guess it on. It a, works here. Yeah, yeah. it should have been like a bonus track. At Best. Well, there's a fucking there is a bonus edition of this album with alternative tracks, okay. and it should have been on one of those. Yeah, but there's from, the alternate and, world one, which has like three songs at the end. One was Swedish House Mafia, who two were producers on the song anyway, but they did their own remix of it. But yeah, I I sort of define this album as almost like a sort of self journey through mm-hmm. one's own self death, yeah. which is vaguely Emersonian. Uh, and you referencing Emerson? Yeah, I've read Emerson. You, you fucking it? nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had a really good English teacher in high school. Um, but, but, you know, sort of discovering yourself and, mm-hmm. and, you know, finding solace within one's life 
through this framework of you're dying. It's yeah. really great. Uh, I, I, the first half of the album, I think's a bit stronger, even taking that Lil Wayne song out of there. Yeah. It's just so trippy. It reminded me very gone mage esque mm-hmm. in a way. I feel like Gary would love this album. You'd at least appreciate it. Uh, yeah. And well, just, just but, to quickly touch on your point, Ben, about the kind of life after death kind of struggle reflection thing. Um, the weekend himself describes the concept of this album as being in a state of purgatory. Um, he describes it as a journey at the end of the tunnel and it serves as a direct follow-up to his album after hours, which is apparently actually going to be a trilogy of albums, uh, after hours, Dawn FM. And then there's one final album, which he's kind of doing his divine comedy. And this is Purgatorio, and the last album was The Inferno. Oh, that's And wild. So the next album should be um, Heaven or Paradiso. That's awesome. That's really, yeah, really cool. so it. Yeah. From, from the beginning with the first song, which is the title track, Dawn FM, it sets this really haunting tone. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it, that's like a brief sort of atmospheric intro track. You go into gasoline that really continues this hypnotic vibe that pervades throughout the album that, that really creates this dreamlike sort of vibe yeah. that you sort of to uh, me, to me gasoline, gasoline felt like an idealized 80s, like neon, like driving down South Beach. Like you're driving yeah. down South Beach in Miami, like everything's clean. There's drugs everywhere. There's neon shining. The road's a little wet and you can see the neon reflecting off the waves as you just like cruise down the street. And that song's just bumping in the background. Yeah. Even for enjoying the previous album, if you so did, <laughs> I feel like this is an album where you need to listen to everything together. Like, yeah. like this feels yeah. like, except for Lil Wayne's song. <laughs> everything else is a story and in like if you only listen to one piece then you lose out um, well i so feel gasoline's like, yeah oh we'll get go there. ahead no, I was, we'll get there in the track list so i'll let you keep going so we go from gasoline into how do i make you love me which feels like a natural progression from there mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you think about this one man i love i thought this track was really fun um it it's a super Daft Punk song, um, and then has, which I know Nick will re- also really appreciate, a really, really good driving synth wave. Um, oh, and a yeah. few moments where the synth wave just kicks into full effect. And hearing that on on such a major pop release like this, like a, you know, like this song has 29 million plays on Spotify. Damn. I think Power Damn. Paladin had a thousand. Yeah, if that. And, you know, since we're talking about it, yeah. uh, How Do how do I Make You Love Me is definitely my favorite song on the album by a pretty wide margin. Oh, I wow. Really like song. Yeah. What you, would you really like about it, Nick? Tell us what you liked about this and what we've talked about so far on the album. Uh, So, Gasoline... So, Dawn FM, just an awesome intro mm-hmm. track. Like Ben said, it really set the tone for the album. And it kind of let you know up front kind of what you're in for, right? Because after mm-hmm. Dawn FM, I didn't really think there were any surprises. And it was kind of a good, like, what an intro track is supposed to do. Set the tone, yeah. set the mood, it, and set expectations. It didn't lie to you. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah, no, it told you what was about to happen, which I, I really mm-hmm. liked. Uh, Gasoline, super catchy song. 
really enjoyed it. The the cadence of the songs, the kind of the falling down in in pitch as they were as they were talking. Mm-hmm. I swear that's a reference to another song, um, but I for the life of me I can't place it because I'm just so outside mm-hmm. of the, these these genres. But yeah, uh, I really like that song as well. Um, <clears throat> and then yeah, how do how do I make you love me? It's just a banger of a song. Uh, the yes. synth wave. Mm. Mm, give me that synth wave. That's that's what I was sold yeah. on this album. Is when the synth wave kicked in, I was just like, "Oh, this, this is gonna be a bop." <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, it's a very like you could once once how how do I make you love me hits, you know the rest of the album is gonna be awesome. Absolutely, yeah, and I really loved his his vocal performance on that song as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of gave me a little bit of like Pharrell Williams vibes. Uh, I don't know if you guys yeah, have listened to much of his work. Yeah, nope, that is a reference that goes right over my head. Gotcha. What Sing- is a Pharrell? Yeah, seriously, like what is a Pharrell? Oh, Williams? he's he's just sing- singer song singer songwriter. He was on a couple of Daft Punk songs a couple of years ago. I bet he sucks. Wait, how deep? Wait, how deep is this cave here? Do I, do I do you do you mean like do I actually not know who Pharrell is? Like I've never heard of Pharrell Nick Williams. I know who. Dudes. Yeah, he's just he's he's a, he's yeah. a rapper. He's, he's yeah. I know I know okay. Pharrell Williams is a person. I just have never heard any okay. of them, his music okay. produced. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. So how do I make you love me? Immediately afterwards, we have a take my breath. Which is, it, it's around this point where I, too, was like, all right, this is, this is like a trip and a half of a, of, mm-hmm. of an album. And honestly, it's hard for me to review these, like, song by song, because yeah. each one does have its own, it, its own, like, okay, this is different, but everything's so dependent on everything else. I feel like reviewing, like, individual sections is difficult. Yeah. Well, there, and like, there are certain songs that stand out, like, Sacrifice, the song after Take mm-hmm. My Breath which like really pops it up because you're starting to go, you're starting to drift off a bit by taking yeah. my breath and then sacrifice really jolts you back up until like, Oh, Hey, you know, we're peppier. Um, and it, it keeps the energy going for, you know, 16 songs or whatever. Yeah. I, I really, I feel like take your, take my breath has my favorite like synth wave tone on the album. Like at like 50 seconds, that whole, just like, like, like that that is like peak peak greatest mm-hmm. but you do make a good point like this this first like four song little couplet which is broken up by sacrifice and tale of quincy leads into like the next little four song and then like starry eyes every angel is terrifying don't break my heart are like one song like the the beat flows from one song to the next is just seamless yeah. And then, and then yeah. I hear you got married. It has the same beat flow, but the song sucks. And then, less than zero and Phantom Regret by Jim are fan fucking fantastic outro tracks. Phantom Regret is such a perfect bow on this yeah. album. It's and it, it, to that me, was probably my favorite song, I guess, if I had to pick one. But it doesn't yeah. work without the rest of the album. But like, that's I how was I feel about Tale by Quincy. Yeah, and I tail by Quincy too, but I, I feel like with Phantom Regret, I'm listening to it and I feel like I'm having the sort of existential moment that he mm-hmm. wants me to have, which is wild. That yeah. be, because it means that he was able to take me on the emotional journey he wanted me to take. And there's yep. so many factors that can affect that. So for him to have the balls to be like, hey, mm-hmm. This is how you're probably feeling right now. The power. And this is what I want you to get out of it. It's like, 
damn, he boomed yeah. me. I went out <laughs> an audible like fuck when I listened to it. It was so wild. Well, that's what it's like reading Dante. Like when you when you when you deeply dive into uh, to Dante Algieri's writing, at the end of Inferno, at the end of Purgatory, uh, Purgatorio, you like feel this like this like heft as you reach the end of it. And he really succeeded that. The only other band outside of some heavy metal albums that has captured that kind of outro really well is Clipping um, with the sound of a piano burning, which at the end of a like hard hitting and intense uh, hip hop album, you end with like a 19 minute track, which is literally a live recording of a piano burning a field. And it just leaves you with this like, yeah, it's yeah, it's super fucking black metal. Um, this album was like super dungeon synthy to me, um, and these are vibes that I can live with. Yeah, uh, I I mean it's it's almost uh, antithetical, right, mm-hmm. to to art that you have the artist specifically telling you how to feel throughout the album. They literally say. About halfway through the album, hey, enjoy like the nice vibes for the next thirty minutes. Yeah, which which is them telling you, you know, the the content of this isn't the point. And then you go yep. into this love ballad for the last half of the album, and then mm-hmm. you have Phantom Regret, which essentially explains the purpose of the last half hour you just listened to. The whole thing yep. is so masterfully done. And, uh, and and put together. I'll also say the uh, and, and this is breaking my train of thought, but I also want to give a shout out that a, a lot of the hauntingness in the first half yeah. reminded me of. Uh, have you seen on YouTube, Nick or Matt, the Curzy Bow no. channel? Okay, it's uh boy, this one's gonna be hard to describe. It's uh it. It's sort of like a creepy pasta type thing, except they actually put budget behind it. Mm-hmm. It's boy, I don't. The the actual purpose of it's so far left for interpretation that's hard to describe anything. But it's a series of shorts of a little girl in what is this? Uh, you know, bastardized Pee-wee's Playhouse type situation. And it's describing something that seems like death or kidnapping or something haunting behind it. Lots of metaphorical uh, imagery. But the music they use is very ethereal like this and sort of vaporwave adjacent. I don't know. Maybe I just want to shout out Kurzibau TV, but I think you did. It's yeah. <laughs> well, it, it if you watch the videos, it would remind you of this because it has that same sort of purgatory esque, you know, sure. don't really know where you are. Feels kind of mystical. I just appreciated that this was able to harness that feeling but push it into a different direction. Well, I, it's what I feel like. Uh, Dungeon Synth and some black metal does really better than a lot of other albums where it really captures you within the atmosphere being produced and like takes you on a journey like there's a uh, there's an album called The Lonely Asteroid um, which is a synthwave album about being alone on like an asteroid like being in the void of like empty space but like with the beauty of the stars around you and like 
The aesthetic of that album, just like this does, captures that emotional description so very well. Um, yeah, but to the, yeah to Nick, the, go ahead. To the, yeah, to the point of atmosphere, I think that's actually why I enjoyed the first half of the album more than mm -hmm. the second half, because the first half of the album is all about setting that atmosphere and then hooking you in with the atmosphere as well. And like you were saying, those heavy synthwave synth influences and just overt synthwave vibes... I vibe with so much it yeah it's because the second half of the album in my opinion is a little more i'm going to use the word traditional loosely here traditional 80s pop yeah. sounding mm -hmm. right yeah i'd and, agree with that and and i'm still here for that don't get me wrong but the second half of the album with exceptions being don't break my heart and less than zero we're just kind of eh. like i liked it don't get me wrong but i think the first half of the album was like significantly better than what the second half had to offer wow. specifically because of the atmosphere yeah i, I see what, i see what you're talking about i i my first listen of this album the first time i listened to it all the way through my first thought was like man do i wish the first like eight songs of this album were an ep hmm like yeah, I was like I was like I was like if you just went boom to boom from like from Dawn FM to Here We Go Again, and then you throw like a little bit of an outro on it, I think this is like nearly expect. Or if you did like Dawn FM to Tail by Quincy, and you end on Tail by Quincy, I think that'd be the greatest synthwave EP ever released. Um, but I, I agree. don't. But that's not the whole story. Though. Yeah, that's not the whole story. Which I I I think the that album is not as good of an album. It would have been a more fun album. Um, but similar to a lot of black metal um, and other musical and narrative genres, you need the full story. The the intro, like that intro is like the, you know, like your traditional like hero's narrative where you got like the boy in like the woods kind of like, you know, chopping trees for a living until he like hits a tree that has a Nereid in it. And then it slowly reveals magic to him which is like Don FM is him finding the magic. And then the rest of the album is him like traveling through it. And then like coming out the other side at the end. Um, yeah, we were actually with themes of death. <laughs> we were talking about this before we started recording. Um, ben and I were uh, about mm -hmm. uh, Holy Thunder Force, the Rhapsody song. Yeah. And, you know, and I was telling him, I, I told you earlier as well that, you know, that song on its own, like pretty much every song on this album is good on its own, but in the mm -hmm. context of everything else, it hits totally differently, and it just has yeah. so much more weight to it. And this is yeah. and this album is very much the same way, like you guys have been saying. Like this is this is a package; it's a full package. And like yes, yeah. each individual part can stand on its own, but the the sum is worth way more than than its parts. Yeah, yep. this this is like the Adele so, thing uh, where Adele refused to have her album released with the shuffle button available at the top. Because you're meant to. Like, this album was written and composed to be listened to from front to back. Yeah. So, so let's let's get those scores. Ben, you alluded to a, a rather massive score, uh, score, but let's, yeah, let's start four, with Nick. 4.5 out of oh. 5. Loved it. Wow. Damn. Uh, Nick, what did you give us? Uh, 3.5 out of 5. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to listen to it again. It's But it's not something that I'm would go back to throughout the year i don't think specifically just because of the the genre mashups it's it's not sure. quite my vibe even though like i really enjoy everything it's doing yeah for for me it was similar but i can vibe with it a bit more um so my review popped up to a four out of five i think this is might not necessarily make my top 10 albums of the year 
Um, but will definitely be considered one of the best albums of the year to me. Um, and wow. I, we, we, we ended up with the same average score for both albums. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that um, But Ben, I was, I was struck by what you were saying about the album and its themes. So I, I found a quote here from The Weeknd himself, which I think will encapsulate this, this whole episode pretty well. And, um, and just one last shout out to Power Paladin for releasing a fantastic album. Um, you guys deserve a lot of attention. Uh, the weekend already has a lot, and you know, despite how much we we praised him, um, you guys are artists who are fighting for what you are trying to do, and we hope you succeed as much as possible. Yeah, I liked it. I just didn't like it as much as everyone else. Yeah, and yeah. as a final as a final shout out to Power Paladin, you know, I know in a couple of interviews you guys have talked about how you want to tour, but with the pandemic, it's just not really feasible right now. Man, if y'all keep producing music like this, you will have no problem touring. And if you even think about coming to the States, I will I will find you in the States and I will go to that show. If you come to Chicago, we'll be at that show and every show within a five-hour drive. Um, but to to encapsulate this whole episode, I think The weekend put the story of this album beautifully. Um, where he said, picture the album like being the lis- like the listener is dead. And they are str- stuck in this purgatory state, which I always imagined would be like being stuck in traffic waiting to reach the light at the end of the tunnel. And while you're stuck in traffic, they get a radio station playing in the car with a radio host guiding you to the light and helping you transition to the other side. So it could feel celebratory, could feel bleak, however you want to make it feel. And, but that's what the dawn is for me. And that's how you have a fucking real life artist. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, that he That's it. art right he there. That's it. Hal Masonberg in, in a paragraph. And that is fourth times the charm. Good night, everybody. Ooh, follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Hit us up. Let us know if you want to follow talk. Them. Thanks, Nick. Hashtag uh, at fourth times charm official. Hit us up. And if you're our biggest fan, like Brennan use the passcode the dawn hey shout out brennan you made a cool guitar brennan